Thank you, guys. Wow. And this is just the beginning. I don't mean of the meeting. I mean, praise God, we've had uh, Brad and Kate here since August. Look at some of the stuff that's been fired up, looking really good, all kinds of things going on. We were trying to do that all in the midst of the last end of the pandemic, and it's hard to tell what's kind of going on as far as fruit, as far as, you know, like, are people going to come back, or who's mad at us, who's not mad at us, masks, no mask, vax, no vax, whatever, all that. Well, you know what? Our church did really good, actually, guys. I mean, we had a little, few little spats here and there, a couple people, a few people here and there, right? But as, as a church... Praise God, there was no division over it. You don't know how good that is, I'm telling you. Because in my role, on a national level, I'm dealing with churches across the country that are in... I, I don't know how the rift's going to get healed in some of them. It's just terrible. And here we are. Like, that's why I say it's just the beginning because now things are getting fired up, and we're actually through the pandemic, and now we can look and go, God, we're believing you in all these kinds of events and all this stuff. We're believing you for a harvest. We're all going to get into the harvest, and we're all going to get her done, right? It's like I said, just do it. Like, you know, at some point, motivation is pointless, because I can get you all to the altar, and we can go, oh, yeah, God, I will. But it's Monday to Saturday that... When we're doing it, now the motivation has a purpose, right? So that's what, this is what we need to get engaged in. I got to tell you, it's so good to see all your faces. I want to name you all by name, but you're not supposed to do that, so I won't. Those of you that are joining us online, it's great to have you with us too. And uh, I just feel like spring is here in more ways than one. Are you with me? So I'm going to get right into what I want to do today. Uh, some of you have heard through the grapevine that Linda and I have an announcement. Some of you haven't. And this all happened so fast for us in the last few weeks. And we're going to tell you a little bit of our story. But before I do that, I want to build some background into our story. I want to use scripture to build the background into our story. This is how Linda and I live. And this is the foundation of how we choose to say, Lord, not your will, but our sorry, yeah. <laughs> how, many of us, how many of us do that? Lord, not your will, I want mine. I don't care what anybody says this way. It's going to take a thunderbolt from heaven and handwriting on the wall. Yeah, okay, you go for it. So anyway, uh, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Uh, Linda and I have made a lot of mistakes along the way. Uh, our carnality and our flawed humanity gets in the way. Over the last few years, I've tried to be very transparent about how we've tried to make that work in our lives. You know, the beautiful mess piece and, and, and kind of walk out our, our um, commitment to the Lord. But at the base of it all, there is um, a foundation that I want, to sh I want to talk to you a little bit about today before we tell you a little bit of our story, our present story. And if you, if you need a title for a message, and I'm terrible at titles for messages because I never know if I'm going to preach that message or not, but the title of it is The Heart of a Servant. And uh, to start with, I'd like you, if you would, if you know, we need to start putting up on the screen uh, uh, YouVersion Bible app. Right, so everybody gets that, gets that app. I was with somebody yesterday. Yeah, you like that. So I was with somebody yesterday. Well, you version, it doesn't matter whatever you use, but you version's the easy one. So um, I was with a, uh, somebody yesterday morning for breakfast, and we got talking, and, and I suggested to him, you know, read the book of John and ask the Holy Spirit to tell you, you know, to talk to you in, while you read the book of John. And so I realized, as I said it, I'm not even sure this gentleman has a Bible. And so here I am sitting at the table with, a, with my phone showing him the Bible app. Because it's really simple. 
So having said that, that wasn't supposed to be a plug for them, but if you turn to First Chronicles chapter 29, see which way is better, with or without? I think it's with, but it's a fine line. I went in for my eye test a couple of weeks ago again because i got to have eye surgeries done. So they're measuring my eye. And, and, and they tried to, this is at St. Joe's Hospital, and this eye, they got measured in, in, the, in the surgeon's office, but his equipment, my, this eye is so bad, his equipment wouldn't measure it. So I had to go to St. Joe's Hospital for their updated techno stuff. And this one, when the guy started, <laughs> before he was measuring it, he wanted to see what kind of eyesight I had, right? And I, my contacts were out because I had to go for a couple of days without them so that I would take proper form and shape. And so he put that thing over this eye and said, so what do you see on the screen? Nothing. What do you see now? Nothing. What do you see now? Nothing. Can you make out any outlines? Nothing. I had like no sight in this eye. So here I am going, no, but with contact, contact in it's a little better, but here I am going, which way is better? I think it's this way. First Chronicles 29, 10 to 16. The background of this is, just, just to say it, because as you'll see as, a, as it comes out, it's, it's um, King David who's praying as they're about to dedicate the building of the temple. Like, he's about to die, He's turning the kingdom over to his son, his son Solomon, who was an illegitimate child, if you will. Uh, other words we could use for that. Um, he's turning the kingdom over to Solomon. And uh, David is the one that King David gathered all the resources we're going to... The, if you go back in previous verses to this, you see the resources that they, they pulled together was just astronomical. And they pulled all this stuff together because David said the Lord has spoken to him that he couldn't build the temple because he had blood on his hands. By the way, the blood on his hands, God wasn't mad at. God was the one that directed him in, in warring. But, but he had a purpose. His was to bring peace. Sometimes we have to war for peace. Hello? Sometimes we have to war for peace. I, you might have heard me quote this before, but uh, Winston Churchill said, we'll fight for peace till there's not one rock left standing on another. And so David was the one who was called to war for peace. And he did. They did a phenomenal job. Peace. So then he, turned, he said, the Lord spoke to me. He said, I can't build the temple because I got blood on my hands. So my son Solomon is going to build the temple. This is where we enter this whole scene. There's a little bit more of a backdrop. David had committed, uh, the reason for Solomon's birth was David had committed uh, adultery with Bathsheba. But he not only committed adultery, he killed Bathsheba's husband, who was a good friend of his. Killed Bathsheba's husband. Uh, had him killed on the battlefield. When he found out, when King David found out that Bathsheba was pregnant with King David's baby, he couldn't cover it up, so he killed uh, Bathsheba's husband and uh, looked like, you know, this, this baby was the husband's, okay? So pretty sordid, pretty messed up, beautiful mess, pretty messed up, a lot of flawed humanity in it. And on top of that, he's talking about Israel. It's Israel that pulled all the stuff together. Well, you know Israel's history. Israel's history was really bad. Okay? Like, man, they turned away from God so many times. It was just, it's just bad. And I don't have time to unpack that today. So look at this. First Chronicles 29, verse 10 says, David praised the Lord before the entire assembly. O Lord God of our father Israel, you deserve praise forevermore. O Lord, I love this, you are, I'm reading New English translation. O Lord, you are great, mighty, majestic, magnificent, glorious, and sovereign over all the sky and the earth. How's that for a way to start? <laughs> o Lord, you are great, mighty, majestic, magnificent, glorious, and sovereign over all the sky and earth. Wow. Somebody, I did not wow for you. 
<laughs> like, that's really wow. That's the God we serve. You, Lord, have dominion and exalt yourself as the ruler of all. You are the source of wealth and honor. You rule over all. You possess strength and might to magnify and give strength to all. Look at the stuff in here, guys. Verse 13. Now our God, all that as a kind of a preamble. He says, now our God, we give thanks to you and praise your majestic name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be in a position to contribute this much? Indeed, listen to this. This is Linda's and my life, my, our, our life foundation. Indeed, everything comes from you and we have simply given back to you what is yours. For we are resident foreigners and temporary settlers in your presence. Like all our ancestors, our days are like a shadow on the earth without security. O Lord our God, all this wealth which we have collected to build a temple for you to honor your holy name comes from you. It all belongs to you. My life's not mine. It's God's. Everything comes from you, Lord. Everything, my breath comes from you. Any intelligence I have comes from you. Any health I have comes from you. Any ability to get wealth comes from you. Any ability to put food on my table comes from you. People of, I remember in early days after I became a believer and I'd want to thank God for the food. In my home, I mean, I remember I had one of my stepfathers showed up when Linda and I were, you know, young in marriage, and he showed up, and, and he sat at the table, and I asked, I thank God for the food, and after I thanked the Lord for the food, he said to me, why on earth would you pray that? Like, why would you thank God for your food? He said, you're the one that went out and made it. You're the one that went out and, you know, you earned the money. You had to go, you, why would you thank God? And that's what I told him. Everything I have comes from God. What did I have under your hand? Nothing. I had nothing under your hand. And I went out, lost, on the streets, messed up, no direction whatsoever. And God, you gave it all to me. Remember one time saying to the Lord, Ah, God, why did you call me into a ministry? I would have rather, vocational ministry, by the way, because we're all called into ministry. Why did you call me into vocational ministry? I much rather would have been an entrepreneur. Like, I, everybody knows that. I got entrepreneurial stuff in me. That's what made a church planter out of me. That's what, that's what made me a risk-taking adventurer is because I'm entrepreneurial. And I get that kind of stuff. I, I'm strategic. I got God. I could have made buckets of money if you would have let me be an entrepreneurial dude and start my own businesses. And the Lord said, where were you when I found you? Oh, man, I didn't know up from down. I had no goals. My only, I had no goals. None. You see, well, by the time I was the age that I was, we're talking 19 years old. The ones that have been raised in the church that hit those ages. If you've got a half a brain, you're already thinking about, well, that's not your brain that does that. You're already thinking about who might be your life partner. That doesn't take your brain. But what does take your brain is to say, what are my goals for what I want in a life partner? Right? It's like, who, exactly what am I looking for? What are my goals? I had no goals for a life partner. I figured if she was good looking, that would be everything. I don't know why I thought that. I was pretty ugly myself. Why is that? But, but so the Lord goes, everything I, you have, son, you got from me. Everything you got has come from me. You have nothing. I'm the one that put the entrepreneurial spirit in you so you could do my will. I didn't give you that gift so that you would use it for yourself. By the way, every gift in this place, God has not given it so you would use it for yourself. Why? Because, did you read this? Did you hear that? Because we are, verse 15, for we are resident foreigners and temporary settlers in your presence like all our ancestors. And our days are like a shadow on the earth without security. 
That's why. Oh, Lord, our God, all this wealth which we've collected to build a temple for you, you provided it. You know what? They've estimated that in today's, in today's money, that temple, the stuff they brought together there, they, they counted, right? And uh, so much gold, so much silver, so much bronze, all the stuff that they brought in. People have calculated that, man. I don't know who wants to spend their time doing that, but somebody did. And I was glad because I Googled it and found it. It says $195 billion dollars. And that came from more than one site, by the way. $195 billion. So today, Jesus is our example of sacrifice and obedience. While we may not be called to literally give up our physical lives like Jesus was willing to do, we're all called as Christ followers to have the same attitude and mind that Jesus did. We're called to die to ourselves and our will and give our lives back to him. That's the only way he can make something beautiful out of the mess, guys. Because my flawed humanity is going to show up till the day I die. And if I don't die to myself and let my will be, or his will be my will, then I can't, he can't make something beautiful out of the mess while I think I'm in control, while you think you're in control. We're called to die to ourselves and our will and give our lives back to him. Listen to this, Mark chapter 10 and verse 45. I'm going to go quickly here. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone. And listen to this, Mark 10, 45, the Passion. And to give his life as the ransom price in exchange for the salvation of many. He gave his life. I wish I could preach that right now. But he gave his life so that I might have life. Why would I take my life back after he gave me life? Are you with me? Mark, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 to 27. Pastor Brad used this scripture last week. It's the one I'm not going to... No, i got to read it. Then Matthew 16, verse 24 to 27, the Passion. Listen to this. Jesus said to his disciples, If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. How about that? That's in red. If you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross. Other versions say, take up your cross. You know, it bugs me when I hear people say, everybody's got a cross to bear. You have, there is no trial you will ever go through, no matter how long, that can compare to the cross that Jesus took. And he doesn't invite us to take up our cross. He invites us to take up his cross that becomes our cross. Hello? Oh, everybody's got a cross to bear. <coughs> Gag me. Like that. That's not what. He's saying take my cross. What's his cross? Oh, my goodness. Are you prepared to take the Lord's cross? He just said, give up your life, disown your own life. You must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my ways. Continually surrender. For if you choose self-sacrifice and lose your lives for my glory, you will continually discover true life. Here's the thing. When he's asking for our lives... We're looking on this side. Our perspective is on this side of it. It's obedience. We do not see the reward or the fruit of it until we do the obedience. And that's the tough part. Talking to people whose lives are in an incredible mess and say, come on, just follow Jesus. Well, what do you mean by follow Jesus? Give him your life. What do you mean by give him your Oh, no, I, I'm not giving my will up to anybody. 
They say, no, no, I'm, a, I'm a. But this is Jesus I'm talking about. No, no, man. I, I'm, the, I'm the master of my own, of my own life. I, I'm in control of my own destiny. I'm not giving, I do what my desires are. I do what, I'm going to live in my own story. We all live our own story if it's being lived in Jesus. If we don't live our own story in Jesus, we are being led around by the nose, by our own fleshly desires, and by the devil himself. You're fooled. You're deceived if you really think you got control of your life. You could, today, your breath could be gone. You, we don't have control. I'm preaching too much. Says, um, this is how Linda and I live. I'm not just preaching to you. I'm trying to tell you because we're doing something really crazy again. For even if you were to, uh, sorry, he says, you will truly discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will forfeit what you try to keep. You can't even keep that. For even if you were to gain all the wealth and the power of this world and everything it could offer you at the cost of your own life, what good would that be? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? It has been decreed that I, the Son of Man, will one day return with my messengers and in the splendor of my majesty and majesty of my Father, and then I will reward each person according to what they have done. Listen, he's talking about the judgment seat of Christ. It's different than the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment is where everybody's gathered and it's guilty or not guilty. Ours has already been determined because of the blood of Christ. I am not guilty. So I am in heaven. That's guaranteed. Jesus paid the price. His blood covered it. I am his. Totally his. He bought me. It's, I'm bought. Okay, that, that's the great white throne judgment. But then there's the judgment seat of Christ. And the Apostle Paul kind of unpacks it a little bit in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm not going to go there. It's not my message for the day. But what he does say is, there will be a day we stand before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ, and our works will be tried as to what kind they are, either wood, hay, stubble, or gold, silver, and precious stone. He's, God's going to burn them all in the fire. Here's the cool thing. I know I got to... to Tons, stacks of wood, hay, and stubble. Anybody else got some wood, hay, and stubble? Here's the cool thing. That all gets burned. Gone. Gone. It's finished. It's burned. It's not evaluated. It's not judged. It's burned. Wood, hay, and stubble. For what sort it is. But here's, that's, that's good in that concept. What's bad is we can have heaps of piles of, uh, that looks like we've done good works and really they're wood, hay, and stubble because of this will piece. We say, well, I do it. Yeah, but I'm looking for the approval of man. More wood on the pile. Well, I want to get thanked. More wood on the pile. Let's throw some stubble in there. That's when I get, when I get uh, angry or bitter, or offended over stupid things. Let's throw some stubble. Well, I'll show them, throw stubble on there. Wood, hay, stubble. But the cool thing is, after all that's burned, guess what? Wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, or precious stones. And that's the stuff that we do in the will of God. We say, not my will, Lord, yours be done. And that's the stuff that comes out of a heart of love. It comes out of the fruit of the Spirit. It comes out of the empowerment of, of the Holy Spirit. It comes out of revelation of Jesus. That's, that's gold, silver, precious stone. Now, you say, well, I want to wear a crown. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's what's going to happen. This way I picture it. So when I'm done, have I lived my life for his will or mine? I'm going to go after all that's burnt. Oh, my grandbaby wants to show off her great grand, my great-grandbaby FaceTime, but I won't take it right now. So when it's all done and I've been doing stuff for my own will, it's like this. Digging through the ashes. Look, Lord, you're standing in eternity, guys. You're standing before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Now our perspective is no longer human, it's celestial. Now it's in the heavenlies. Now we see what our salvation really got us. What Jesus really paid for. 
holy smoke, this is way bigger than I thought it was. And what I do is I come up to him and say, Lord, thank you. Here's my agate. Paul says some people are going to suffer loss at that judgment, and that's the loss right there. Can you imagine standing before God and going, all I got's an agate. Gold, silver, precious stone. Best I could do was an agate, Lord. I'll tell you my desire for my... See, because we're giving our stuff to him. We're throwing our crowns before him. We're throwing our... It's not about how much I get in eternity because there's no caste system and there's no, you know, socioeconomic uh, levels in eternity. But here's what I want to do. I want to pull up a wagon. And then I want to say, boys, could you pull up the next one? Look at this. Could you... And it's not going to be because there there's no pride. It's not going to be. It's going to be because, Lord, I am so thankful. You gave me You gave me life. And this is what, Lord, look, look, look what it produced. Look what it did. And I give it all to you. You tracking with me? That's a whole other series. So, we're going to be judged. 1 Peter 2.9 Verse 11, but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. Wow. Somebody please say wow. Wow. That had about as much passion in it. Did you see this? He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. Unless we can get the wow factor in that, we will find it easier to say no to his will and walk out our own. But when we kind of, we, I don't get it, but I'm trying to get it more and more. Every time I read, every time I meditate, wow, we've, I've been taken out of darkness and brought into his marvelous light. That's what makes me want to share the gospel. He says, he did this. He, no, sorry, he, he, to experience, he called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. Wow. Come on, I got it. Somebody, like, make it so I can keep reading. Like, I feel like if we don't get, did you? He claims us as his very own. Wow, wow, Jesus, me, the beautiful mess. Still the guy with flawed humanity showing up that can still get angry, that can still have a bad attitude. That's, oh, God, you claim me for your own. Wow. That's what David was rejoicing about. The sinner, the adulterer, the murderer. Oh, God, everything I got's from you. I'm yours. Wow. And he goes on and he says, He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At what time you at one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet but now you are drenched with it My divinely loved friends I love that in the passion My divinely loved friends My divinely loved friends Since you are resident aliens and foreigners in this world we heard that already David used that language Since you are resident aliens and foreigners in this world, I appeal to you to divorce yourselves from the evil desires that wage war within you. That passage that uh, Pastor Brad brought from Luke chapter 17, verse 7 to 10, it's basically after the servant comes in uh, from working in the fields. What does he do? Go get his own meal first? No, he doesn't go get his own meal. He first serves the master. And he get, makes sure he's fed. And he's, he's got a glass of wine in front of him. And, and that's been done. And then he can go and eat. And somebody challenged the servant. And the servant says, at the end of, at the end of it, I only do that which is my duty to do. Oh, God, I did this. You know, that line strikes entitlement right in the head. Well, because I've been here for 45 years in this church, I can say that here because it hasn't been going 45, so you know I'm not talking about you. 
Because I've been here for 45 years, and I bought my pew. I know where I'm sitting. And man, I've taught Sunday school, and I've been on the worship team, and I ushered, and I, oh, I sacrificed so much. So, you know what? Treat me right. What? At the end of the day, I've only done that which is my duty to do. Well, Ken and Linda, you guys have served God. And we've had this told to us recently. Not here. Of course not here. You guys have served God faithfully, man. You've sacrificed. If you know our story, you, you, you have like taken huge leaps of faith. Surely, Ken, at 67, it should be time you get to just kind of back off and settle down. You know, if you're going to take an assignment, Ken, take one that's just like really cushy. By the way, we were offered one that was really cushy. And the Holy Spirit said, no. We're going, oh, please. No. So, because at the end of the day, I have no rights. I, I'm not, I have no, I have no, well, you deserve this. I don't deserve a thing. They say, do I need it? Sometimes, yeah. I actually don't use, well, you have a right to that, you know. Like even now the pandemic's over, at, um, uh, Debbie texted me, we're, we're, we're headed for Florida. And I wanted to text back, you have earned that. You have a right to that. And I think, no, in Jesus, none of us have that. So I said, you really need the break. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? I have done that which is my duty to do. God, you said it, so I did it. Peter says to Jesus in Mark 10, I'm almost done, guys, 28 to 30. He says, Peter began to speak to him. New English translation, look, we have left everything to follow you. Almost like, <laughs> look, I left everything, man, like... Because Jesus was talking to them about dying. He was talking about not fulfilling what he, they thought he was going to do. And, and, and he, goes, he goes, Jesus, we left everything to follow you. Like, if you screw this up, man, I, I got nothing. Anybody ever thought that? Like, okay, God, I'll try to follow you. But, well, I'm not sure I can trust you. And I'm going to leave everything. Like, seriously. Like, God, if you don't come through, I, I'm hooped. For me personally, I like living my life there because I feel safer in the kingdom of God and the principles of the kingdom of God and the economics of the kingdom of God more than I feel safe in, in mutual funds and stock markets. And I'm not telling you what you should or shouldn't do when I say that, okay? I'm really not. I've got money invested, and I... I tell you, over the years, Linda and I have invested continually in the kingdom. I know what kind of return that brings, because I'm going to read it to you here in a sec. I know what the return that brings, but I'm watching the money that we've invested, probably almost all our eggs in one basket, and in the pandemic, watching this, and then watching the, the war in Eastern Europe, and watching this, and I'm going, I don't trust that. I would rather give it away, which I consider investing, in the kingdom and go, okay, and here's the reason why. Listen to this. Look at this. He says, Peter began to say, uh, speak to him. He said, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. There is, did you hear that? I tell you the truth. There is no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the gospel who will not receive in this age. Did you hear that? Like while you're alive, who will not receive in this age a hundred times as much homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields, all with persecutions. <laughs> There's the caveat. All with persecutions. You get all that with persecutions. You just kind of toss that in in the same breath. Just keep moving right along. And in the age to come, you get eternal life. That's what I know to be the truth. That's the truth. I get eternal life. I get, and I get 30, 60, 100-fold return on my investments in the kingdom now. 
That's how we live our lives. So when we talk about living with extreme faith and all that kind of stuff, it's not blind faith, guys. It's faith to say, I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust the reality of the kingdom of God. And it's, uh, it's uh, what's the word I want? It's perpetuality. It's never-ending nature. Rather than trust this world that's going to burn. I don't mean the people, I mean the planet. And the world systems, it's going to burn. And they fluctuate. Look how quick they fluctuate. And guys, that's going to happen more and more. It's not being, oh, we'll get this war over and then we'll all settle down. No, man, we're in for the ride. So Linda and I have said, no, we want to serve God. With that in mind, hon, come on up. How am I doing? Oh, I'm not doing too bad. How was that for like uh, 20? Thank you. I want this to go on record because I'm always being told, and I say this, I take it as a joke, even if you mean it seriously. It's obvious I take it as a joke because I don't listen to you. I'm always being told how long I preach. So you just saw that, 35 minutes, flat in, done out. Okay, this isn't the preach now. I got to say to those of you online, it's so good to have you. I'm hoping we've got people of our church family here, and there's probably also guests. What I want to do now, what Linda and I are going to do is kind of like a family time. So, and I'm, I invite you that are online to, to be engaged in it as well. But there is the possibility that you might feel somehow, what? What's going on? And, and um, that's because we got family stuff. It's all good. So, um, obviously, because July 17th, that was my mom's birthday, by the way. That's how come I can remember it. July 17th, we are having the installation of Brad and Kate as lead pastors in this church, and we're also ordaining them to ministry on the July 17th. Isn't that awesome? Because... Because Linda and I knew that, well, we were, su- we, we were hoping for that. But once we got into, like, December, after Cricks had been here a number of months, I said to Linda, I said, it's not very month, men, months away that they don't need us here. We came here on assignment. We came here because you were struggling. I knew that the apostolic gift that God's given me could help here. And we felt like the Holy Spirit told us to move across the country and do this. And did it willing. But this is the backdrop. That's how we live. It's not my gift, God. It's not Linda's gift. It's, it's your gift. What do you want us to do? Move across the country. No, we'd like to go only halfway across the country to northern Ontario and be with our kids. Southern Ontario. Maybe we'd even go to Calgary and be with Joni. But God, no, not right across the country. Like, we're getting a little too old for this. That was three years ago. We, so, willingly, by the way, you can't do it grudgingly. Paul talks about that. He said, you know, come, give your gift joyfully, not grudgingly. Because God loves a cheerful giver. It's not just talking about money. It's talking about our lives. I've said, if if I'm going to do it grudgingly, don't bother doing it. Okay, Lord, I'll do your will. Frickish, frackish. All right. That's grudgingly. Oh, I hate this. So I said to Linda, we're just about done. So I said... I need to start looking around and start asking. We need to start asking God, what's our next move? And we're both thinking Northern Ontario has got to be it because we got a great grandbaby there. That's the reason. And family around there. Linda's got lots of family. I don't want to live in Northern Ontario. It snows 10 months of the year. But anyway. We also had something else drop on the table that was very, the cushy one I'm talking about, the like thrilling one. International travel, all kinds of cool things going on. 
oh, great, fit, fit who we were perfectly. Holy Spirit goes, no, not that. So then comes on the table what we're about to tell you about now, and I'll give you a short version. I saw a church in desperate need of the same kind of gifts that we brought here to bring there. And because we're doing this online, who knows who's listening, whatever, let me just say this. That church is in a very similar place to where we were three years ago here, if not more. I'll just leave it at that. Most of you can kind of get the vibe from that. And um, I'm going like, this is before I ever talked to Linda about it. I'm going, no, 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 that can't be. No, that can't be. It's a church that was 800 and now is 150. I'll, leave, I'll tell you that. And I'm going, no, Jesus, not a chance. But the Holy Spirit kept whispering it in my ear. And so I followed up on it a little bit, and the thing started to snowball. So I told Linda. As soon as I told Linda, she's like, no, are you kidding me? And the grandma, the, and the great-grandma showed up in that, right? And all the... We both said stuff like this. Well, at our age, we should, shouldn't we just be able... We should be entitled to just go... Uh-huh. But this is what we live by. So... Long story short, the place that we're talking about, wait for it, we're not talking about, we actually decided on, is Surrey, British Columbia. That's on the mainland of the West Coast. Do you get it? A move again, flat out, right across the country. No. Here's the other thing. By the way, when I said options on the table, St. George is very much, was very much an option on the table because we love you. We feel like this is our home church. We feel like we came here on mission and we gained a lot of friends and lots of support. You guys have been so amazing. I had said, maybe, maybe if we ask the right people, we might be able to buy the house that we're renting right now. I love the turkeys on the deck. The Holy Spirit said no. So, I'm going to let, I don't know where, where to put, bring you into the story. I'm trying to figure out. So, yeah, so... So here's what happened, and then I'm going to turn it to Linda for a minute. Here's what happened. Linda, Linda. by the way, when we talk about where she was at, I have to- a lot of respect for Linda's ability to hear God, and I know she's a godly woman, and at the end of the day, she, when she hears God, she lives by this too. We've walked together for 46 years, right? She lives by the same thing. So but we're telling you this because this was our journey. This is kind of the tug of war we had. So it starts out because it was on my radar first, and I'm exploring the initial stuff. I'm feeling the twinge of the Holy Spirit. Linda, I tell Linda about it, and she's feeling the twinge of being a great-grandmother. And it's like not a hope in nowhere ever you want to say. No hope in that happening. I was a yes, and she was a no. Okay, and we, go ahead, you tell your part now. Yeah, it is. The light's on anyway. Is it on? We need it. Brad, will you check it, please? My eyes can't see well enough to see what's going on with that. Great. <laughs> I've always said, um, somewhere in my, our 46 years, I'm, I'm going to, you know, not want to ride the roller coaster. I want to go on a teacup. <laughs> <laughs> That's Please, good. Jesus, just one no teacup. No roller coaster, just a teacup. <laughs> In this life. Um, but my, when Ken said, you know, we were, he was looking at Surrey, I right away um, wasn't interested in it. And it wasn't, I, a part of it was, I, I said the same thing Ken said. I'm 63 years old. I want to settle, and I'm really tired of moving. <laughs> yeah. I said I was going to cry. That's all right. You're good. 
<laughs> I've packed a lot of boxes. And Did you hear her? I packed <laughs> a lot of boxes. I get it together. <laughs> so when we went to Surrey, I looked around. And just I said, hang on just a sec. I, let me, we, we, that's where we were in January. We meant to scope it out like the spies. <laughs> Only I didn't find big grapes, no. <laughs> 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 but, and I didn't even like it. <laughs> I, I'm sitting there and we're walking around and everything and I'm like, God, I'm still not feeling it. I have a burden for this place. I don't have a burden for this people. How can I minister? And the more we talked about it, the more he was getting excited, and the more I was going this way. <laughs> and um, so we ended up, I said, God, this isn't working. You're going to have to talk to me. So and let me interrupt just a sec again. So no, 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 we, we said we were going to do this conversationally. <laughs> so I had told her before, before Linda tells you what transpired next, we had said, I had said, your no vote trumps my yes vote. Because what we're wading into, you got to be sure this is God as much as I do. So your no vote will trump my yes vote. And by the way, obviously one of us is wrong. How do you know it's not me with the yes vote? Like, just because you're a no doesn't mean you're the one, you know, the holdout. You could have the mind of God. So with, with that, I, I started asking God, okay, God, what is it? Is it um, my family that's drawing me, or is it my flesh, because I really want to go there? And you know what? The Lord started to talk to me, and it was, it's a simple thing, guys, we do all the time. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on mm. earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And I stopped there because... This move is huge, and it's financially moving, like huge in every way. This is this. a really big move for us. We're taking a cut in pay and moving into a part of the country that has the highest cost of living. Like, we're going in like, oh, God, you got to help us. So with that, <laughs> I started going to the Lord and saying, God, you just got to talk to me. And, you know... <laughs> that prayer is inviting us to God, not to so much constantly saying, God, I want this, God, I want that, but it's to hearing God talk to you. That's the very purpose of the prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, yeah. how would really be good. your name? You're bringing God as sovereign God. Right. And I spent a lot of the time at the ocean at Back Bay watching the water, the boats go in and out. And I said, Lord, you got to start talking to me about this. And while we were in Florida, we By went way, to a conference. We went, we went down to Florida. We said we're going to go down a few days early to relax. We wanted to clear our heads of thinking about all this stuff. And then we had said, we had set a deadline. Lord, we need to know by such and such a time we're, we gotta, whether we're going to do it or not do it. So we said by the end of the conference... By the time we come home, we got to know. So that was on a Thursday. <laughs> and I said, uh, Wednesday night, I said, God, I'm still not feeling a thing. So you got to speak into my heart. And it's got to be very specific because I'm not just going to take any word. <laughs> and that morning, the speaker got up and he spoke and he was just speaking. And while he was speaking, he just stopped. And at the top of his lungs, he yelled, and I heard that, and I went, well, that's okay. I can hear one word. I, I need more than one for that. And then he continued on his preaching, and he stopped again, and he went, go! And, okay, I guess I can't completely ignore two words that God has given me. Hmm. And then I took a day to tell Ken, no, I feel like this is what this God is saying. And apart from all the pressure that I was feeling, because everybody else was speaking into this and saying, this is the right move, this is good, and I'm going, oh, yeah, but you guys aren't moving there. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay it's to get Ascension and Linda there it. all the time, but you're not the ones who are doing this. And then when 
the Lord spoke to me again and said, Linda, you can do what you want. Hmm. Then I remembered, not my will, but yours. And at the end of the day, I might have been happy in Dryden. I would have really been happy with yeah, the kids. Me too. But at the end of the day, and we're all faced with this, is it God's will or is it our will? And I had to say, God, I'm going to go there and I'm not going to do it grudgingly. And oh, Jesus, give us a place to live. Yeah, we don't have a place to live yet. Uh, we haven't a place to live. We don't know any of those details. But I know there comes and God will give us our daily bread. Yeah. God says, I'm going to give you what you need today. And I can't look beyond today for next week or next month. I'm just going to live today. God, you promise you're going to do this. And by faith, I'm going to stand in that. And I'm going to believe for what you're going to do. And just hang on because there's a little more. By, by the way, 2500 to $3,000 a month minimum. Probably be, could be as high as 3500 a month just to rent there. So... When we say, well, God, we need a house, I'm telling you that so you pray, guys. Like, be part of our miracle. Because here's the thing. With everything in us, we were talking about to the board, as a board about this the other night. With everything in us, we want to be sent by you guys. Because you're, you're us. We've fallen in love with you. And, you know, that sending, I'm talking about spiritual sending. I'm talking about, you know, you know what, we're sending you out there to bring the similar gifts that what you brought here. As hard as it is for us to say goodbye, I'm thinking about Paul when he was in Ephesus, when he was about to leave Ephesus, and he met the elders on the beach, and they cried on his shoulder. They figured, you know, like he was going, and it was pretty sure it was the last time they were going to see him. And I'd like to think that we got that kind of community here. Here's the cool thing. We have no intention of just walking away and being done. Like, we're going we're gonna to stay, the board's asked that, cricks are asking that. We're going to stay very, very connected. We got Zoom now. We figured out how to use virtual stuff. We can still connect and relate. We want to come back because you're our people, right? So it, we might be across the continent again, but there's, and so it's not like, well, where's this church going? Like, you know, what's going to happen? Well, we already got that. That's how come we felt the release, because we already know where it's going. You guys, you're headed on a really great track. And if we build into it like we are, the whole thing about Linda and I staying connected, and there's still some, you know, if you will, if I could use the word apostolic ministry involvement, it's all good. So the reason why I wanted you to stay, Linda, was there was just one more little piece to that when we went forward for prayer at that conference. So when, what happened was at the very end of the conference, they invited people up to be commissioned for church planting and other things. Well, I went up. I didn't, I didn't want to be commissioned for Surrey because it's called People's Church in Surrey. I didn't want to be commissioned for people's because my wife wasn't in on it yet, so there's no way I wanted that. But I was saying, Lord, I, once again, I say, not my will, but yours be done. I was actually going, if you want to say no, you say no. So anyway, there was 5,000 people there, so they do that kind of altar call. Like, you know, you're getting a little dabble, do you, for anointing oil, and God bless you, and off you go kind of thing. And I was in that one. I came back. I got. Can I tell them the... It's so funny. I came back and stood beside Linda. She didn't go up with me. So I come back with, with Linda, and, and I'm standing there. I'm worshiping, putting no pressure on her. I'm worshiping God. The music's still playing, yada, yada. And I look at Linda, and she's looking at me, and with kind of, kind of a bit of a frown, she says, if, if I go up there, what am I saying yes to? If I go up there to say yes, it doesn't have to be yes for people's, right? <laughs> that's, that's, listen, when you get as couples, you're in that kind of thing, keep it between them and God. Stay out of the crossfire. Just get on your belly and stay down. That's what I was trying to do. I said, well, you could say yes to whatever you want, hon. Like, whatever it is, this is you doing this. So I went up again with her. We get up there. Oh, wouldn't you know, now the lines have really thinned out. And we could actually pick and choose somebody. Linda went to go over to one guy, and the Holy Spirit said to me, no, that, that fellow right there. He was available, but it was all, I 
the Holy Spirit pointed them out to me. So we went over. So we went over. <laughs> this is the end of the story. <laughs> this is the end of the story. Yeah, it made me look like real, I'm really bad. No, you know, no, I to think God. It, no. Did I, if I did, I didn't mean to <laughs> no, do that. No, not you. No, no I, but you know what? We all, is we all real, struggle. It? it doesn't have to be a move. It's something sometimes very simple that God asks you to do. And you say, I just don't want to do that. And, all, and just for us, it just happens to be always big things. I don't know. Go way over there. <laughs> so as we're, I say, oh, yeah, no, never mind. Uh, as, so as we're talking to this gentleman, normally they don't ask you. There's 5,000 people. They don't have time to ask you what to pray for. And this guy came up to us. He's our age. And he says, what can I ask? What can I pray for? And I went, wow, God, even to that. So I told him what we were going through, and uh, he looked at Ken and I, and probably more at me. <laughs> and he says, you know what? The thing with the call of God on your life, it never ends. It doesn't matter your age. The call of God never ends. It doesn't end when you're at 65 and you want to retire or, you know, or whatever. And that really spoke to my heart. And I went, yeah, you know, when I got saved, I said yes to God. Not till I'm 65 or 40 or whatever. It was okay. God, we're going to do this. We're going to do it together, and we're going to do it right to the end. And at the same time, I have this little thing going. Okay, I'm giving you five years. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm heading home. <laughs> I'll be 67. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? There's something. I might not have the excitement. And Ken says he doesn't. It's excitement and terror at the same time. But it's something incredibly awesome that God says, I'm going to use you no matter what your age, which, just as long as you're willing to say, yes, God, whatever you want, I'm willing to do that from the smallest thing to the biggest thing. It's like all God wants is your heart. Yeah. He just wants servant you to, heart. a servant heart to say whatever it is, even when it's really hard. I know we're going to something that's it's hard. really hard, really, really and, hardest assignment of our lives. But you know, at the same time, I now see hope. I now see what God can do, not what I can do, but what God can do because the simple people will simply say yes to what yeah, God is right calling on. them to do. Right on. So the timeline is, um, guys, just so you know, uh, we start there June 20th. So we're in such a situation that we got a, I'm going to drive a U-Haul truck across the country with our stuff. So we're going to start that out about the 9th of June. I have a buddy from Calgary. He's flying out and going to make the drive with me, kind of make it a little better. He really is a buddy. If you're watching Cal, it's not going to be like he's a pain in, you know, in the neck. <laughs> and uh, so June 20th is the date. And uh, we start. And June 10th, 9th is the day we're going to leave. And um, we love you guys. Sorry, Bradley. He told me to be done by half past. Just saying. Just saying. The backstory is he told me to be. A half oh yeah, we're back for July 17th without a doubt. I will not miss the installation and ordination of cricks and to party with you guys. Would not miss that. So that's a given. Okay. Let's all stand. <laughs> my something just went off to oh yeah it's probably for the the general meeting can we pray for you guys if you can do whatever you want you're the pastor we'd like to actually pray for ken and linda and uh, just thankful for their step of faith so board let's come up here and any church come up and let's just circle them and just we're so thankful for them you know it's ken Ken Brown message years ago, and he said the line, if you're not dead, you're not done, is what he said, and that was, that was a long time ago, and it's so encouraging to see that you guys still live mm. by that kind of mentality, that it's just one foot in front of the other constantly, and let's move out a little bit so they can, so uh, just come on up, circle around them, and let's just pray for them, I'm going to pass this to Kate. Mm. I'm not going to get emotional. But Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
And do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And I feel like you did seek, and you got that path, and you know which path to take. So then you got to go back to trust in the Lord with mm. all your heart. Mm. And do not depend on your own understanding. God, thank you so much for our pastors, for our friends, for Ken and Linda, Jesus. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you for the wisdom that they've just poured into this place, into not even just into this church, but into our community. God, thank you that you brought them here. God, thank you that this was part of your plan so long ago that you knew, you knew these steps, you knew the map, you knew where they were going to go, and, and you even knew that they were going to be here for this time frame, and you knew their next steps before they even had an idea. So God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for um, your faithfulness. We thank you that you speak. But Jesus, right now, I ask that you bring such a peace mm. upon Pastor Ken and Linda. A peace that passes all understanding where they should be freaking out on their next step. But God, we just know that, hey, I got this. God's got this. And off we go. Mm. God, I just pray for that ultimate peace and that joy. Thank you, Jesus. God, thank you for your joy. Mm. As, they, as they sacrifice, they've answered your call. It's a sacrifice. But God, unleash your overwhelming joy, your Holy Spirit. Spirit, just let it flow out of them that as they travel across country that it's not until they get to Surrey but it's as they travel they will have special mm. encounters and every truck stop every gas station every hotel yeah, every you, every other spot that they choose to to just have a break and a breather on the side of the highway God I just ask for a special special timing where lives will be changed on the journey to Surrey God, pray for Surrey. Mm. God, thank you. God, thank you that you are not done there. Yeah. God, thank you that you said, uh-uh, not happening, Satan. This is where I belong, and this is where I'm going to rise up the people, mm. and this is where Jesus mm. is going to be for now and forever. God, I pray for those who are going to come because of the word and the obedience of Ken and Linda, that the lives that are going to be transformed, the seeds that are going to be seeded and planted, God, and for their and generations onward. God, we just ask that for the generations onward. Oh, it doesn't God, stop today. It. Yeah. it starts yeah, now, yeah, yeah, and it yeah. continues. It's a ripple effect. So today, Jesus, we put our, our, our foot down, our fist down, God, and we say, have your way. This is now. And forever, mm. Jesus' church. And we believe for strongholds to be broken. And we believe yeah. for your yeah. wisdom to yeah. shine, Jesus. And as a church, we stand with you, Ken and Linda. As a church, we stand with you and we love you and we pray for you. And our doors are open for you. When you need a holiday, come here, not to Florida. This is your place. But we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. We thank you for Ken and Linda. Praise God. I don't want to ask um, if there's anybody else you want to pray. You, you've got something to say. It's a cool time here. Pizza's getting cold, but who cares? God brought back to my memory a message that you preached a long time ago. And uh, the Lord showed you a, a vision of, of going out into a great plain, and there was a city way out in the middle, mm. and it was covered in darkness. And, and the Lord was sending you there. And as you, and as you entered that city, the darkness fleed. It, it, it moved back. And I pray as you, as you arrive in Surrey, even with that U-Haul, <laughs> even with that truck and your buddy, the darkness would flee before that vehicle and that every step you take on that ground will belong to the Lord. 
and that every area that you visit and go into in those initial times there will be all ground taken back from the enemy and the Lord will rule and reign in that place. In Jesus' name. I'm going to pray. <laughs> Lord, we're just so thankful for the friendship of Ken and Linda. Thank you even, Lord, that you put us on their hearts over a year ago and that we've gotten to ride some of this journey with them. And Lord, we just, we're so thankful that you've deposited this place so deeply in their hearts that this isn't even the end of the journey with us and them, but that this is just it's the next chapter of it. And... Um, even with them wanting to stay involved, even as an apostolic covering, we're just so thankful that they have a heart for here, a heart to see um, your will played out here, a heart to see um, the church here thrive and take ground and bring people into your kingdom, Jesus. So we're so thankful that they have such a heart for here. And Lord, we just, we pray that even as much success as they've had here, we just pray that it would go tenfold there, that that would be even not comparable, the turnaround that would happen there, Jesus, and that you would just continually bring the right people alongside Ken and Linda to help shoulder the load, to help carry it along, and to help see that ministry flourish again, Jesus. Lord, we just pray, even as it's a multi-ethnic area, that they would just see the right different ethnic groups come into the church there to continue to just grow and expand and reach, and just pray that even the model of that church, Lord, that it would just become whatever it is that you've called it to be, Jesus. We're just looking for great things there, and we can't wait to hear the praise reports that start rolling in. So, Lord, we just, we pray blessing over them. Bless their finances. Bless their health. Give them energy. Give them strength. Give them courage when needed, Jesus. Comfort them. Let them know that family is close no matter what. And Lord, we just, we're just we so thankful that you've brought them into all of our lives. Thank you that for the privilege it's, it is to know them and to know them personally, Jesus. So God, just once again, bless them.